0: Welcome to One Chapel. We're a family of neighborhood churches in the Austin area. Our vision is to help people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. It's a place to connect, to grow, and serve the communities where we live. You can learn more about One Chapel and how to get involved at onechapel.com. And now, here's this week's message. So, knock it off. So, so today, We're gonna wrap up the series that we've been in and we've called it All That Matters. And we've simply been talking about what it means to leave a legacy, to live a life in such a way here on the earth that it leaves a legacy when you're finished. And we do this kind of once during the holiday season to help us all remember what we're actually on the planet for. And what are you doing here? We believe that we're all here to make a difference. That there is actually, your life is really, really important. You have great significance to your life. And that applies to everybody that's in the room. So we believe that we're all here to make a difference in the lives of other people with our lives. So it's important that you remember that because the goal of this life that we're living is not just to live here forever. Now, you wouldn't think that necessarily with all the time and energy and money that we spend on trying to live here a long time. So most of us in the room, if we really pulled ourselves over a certain age, we're on some sort of diet right now. There's a few Snickers in the room, <laughs> I should be. Um, we're trying to eat right, we're trying to get some exercise, trying to get some sleep, and, and, and really, actually, as a culture, we're doing even more than that. I mean, we're looking at cryogenic research, and we're looking at cloning ourselves to be able to live, and that's all kinds of scary. We're, we're talking about how we could possibly map our brains and put us inside of a computer, because that's where I want to live out forever, talking about all these means to try to get to stay here on the planet forever. But our goal cannot be just to live here on the planet for as long as we possibly can and then die. That can't be what we're doing here. Our goal is to be faithful to Jesus. Our goal is to be faithful to Jesus <laughs> and to make a difference in the people around us and to leave something that lives on long after we're gone. And so over the past few weeks, I've just trying to b- been trying to get you to ask yourself the question, what will people say about you once you're gone? What kind of things do they say about you now? What are people, say, what are people saying? And I, I'm just trying to give you opportunities. I'm trying to give you opportunities to kind of take baby steps, to jumpstart your life, to figure out ways that you can leave a legacy. So as part of this series, every December, what we're doing is we receive this legacy offering. And i like to tell you about it in advance. We do this for the past several years we've done it. It's been an incredible day. We're doing it on Sunday, December 8th this year. And it's a time where we just decide as a church, we're gonna give above our regular tithes and offerings and we're giving towards a legacy. We're giving towards seeing what God could do to help us take a massive step forward as a church. And I tell you this far out, about five weeks now, I tell you this far out just so you can pray about it because I'm not gonna twist your arm and I'm not gonna try to manipulate you. I have no interest in trying to, to spin your emotions to try to get you to give in some way. I have no business doing that. I just wanna tell you about it so you can pray and ask God, what do you want me to do? And then you just do that thing. It's really that simple. That's what I'm going to do. My wife and I and my family, we're going to talk about it. And that's what we're going to do. But we just take that one special offering during the holiday season. And it's about legacy. But obviously, when we talk about legacy, legacy is so much more than finances. Legacy is about what we do. It's about who we are. and The reason that we're here as a church is to make a difference for eternity. See, I just believe there's something inside everybody that wants to make a difference. I believe there's something deep down inside of all of us. I think it's why when we're young, we, 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 we play things. We, we have imaginations that kind of cast us forward into really fun things. Like we, we play astronaut or we play Supreme Court justice. I don't know, that's kind of boring, but we play sometimes. We, we play just whatever it is that you played. You, you knew something inside you. I was made for more and I wanna make a difference. There's something inside of all of us that wants to actually change the trajectory of our lives and the way it's heading now, to to be able to do something that changes what our family name is known for, to be able to leave a positive legacy in our world. So as we've defined it over the past several weeks, I want to give it to you again. Legacy, it's something that exists as a result of something that happened in the past. So it's here because of something that happened there. But the way I like to say it best for all of us is legacy is simply a life that lives beyond you. It's just a life that keeps on living even when you're gone. And, and you are going to leave one, by the way. It's important for you to realize that. You are going to leave some sort of legacy. The question is, is it going to be a bad one or is it going to be a good one? And the good news is we still have the choice today to leave the kind of legacy that God has planned for us to leave. So there's tons of legacy stories in the scriptures. One of my favorites actually shows up in several of the Gospels in the New Testament. And so three different Gospel writers tell this story, and we're going to jump around a little bit to read it today. But we're going to start in John chapter 12, verse 1. Are you ready? Yes or no? Great. Here's what it says. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Very nonchalant way of saying something pretty incredible in the Bible. I love when it does that. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Matthew sir, uh, sorry, Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? That was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jumping to Mark chapter 14, continuing the story. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Now wait a minute, that's a big deal right there. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She's done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you'll always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. Now hold up, everybody, because that's it right there. This is it. She did what she could. Because see, some of you, you think, well, Brent, that sounds amazing. Sounds like we could do some pretty cool things as a community, but, but there's no way that I and my family, there's no way that we could give enough to actually make any sort of difference. There's no way that I could give something to the offering that will leave any sort of legacy for my life and my family. You don't understand. I, I don't have any real gifts to offer to the world. There's nothing that I've got in here that's going to be of any value to the culture out there. I mean, I know you say that everybody can leave some kind of a legacy. I'm just telling you, I'm the only one that can't. You don't understand what my past has been. You don't understand what mistakes I've made. You don't understand what I've gone through or what's been done to me. There's no way that Jesus would want to do anything in my life to leave a legacy. So my legacy, my negative legacy is sealed. Stop it. That is not true. That is not true for any single person in this room. Jesus is much larger than any of that. This is all you have to do. This right here. She did what she could. She gave what she could. Just do what you can. As you pray, whatever it is that God tells you to do, just do that thing. Do what you can. And I promise you, Jesus can use it. Take a real look around your life and see all the things that he's done for you. See the incredible blessings that he's actually given you. Your home, the clothes you wear, the food you have, healing and hope you've received, forgiveness that you've been extended. Some of you have gotten a second chance in life. Some of you got a third chance in life. Some of you got a hundredth chance in life. And Jesus gave that to you. What do you have that he could use for his glory? Continuing in verse 8, in Mark 14, she did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Jesus says, whenever people tell my story, they're gonna tell her story. Now just think about that for a second, everybody. She just did what she could. And here I am telling you her story today. And not only that, but we're actually learning how to serve Jesus better because of her. Now that's quite a legacy. And just because she did what she could. And it's an extravagant legacy of love. Like she does a small little thing, but because she loves Jesus, she showed up and said I love him and love has to do something. Love has to take action. It can't just stay silent. God modeled it first John 3:16. For God so loved the world, you and me, that he gave. Love propelled him to action. He loved us so much he gave the greatest gift of all, his one and only son. You know, when you're a young man and you're trying to court a young woman, you do some extravagant types of things from time to time. The goal is as you get older and you're married for 19 years that you keep doing those kinds of things, but that's a little bit of a struggle sometimes. But when you're in college, Oh, you do all kinds of crap. Like one time, I was trying to win this fair maiden down here on the front row. That's the first time I've ever called her that. And I probably will never do it again. I, I was trying to win her. So I'm doing everything. I'm trying to take her out. I'm trying to do romantic things. And so as we're getting more serious, I made her a fairy tale story of our story. I went to Walmart to create a fairy tale story as everybody should. I went to Walmart and I bought construction paper and crayons and paints and glue. And I came back and I, I I put this whole story together. I cut out old photos of us. And I told this tale of the prince climbing up the castle to rescue the fair maiden, each one illustrated by pictures of our past and colored in crayon and and, and bound together with yarn. And, and I put this book together and I presented it to her. And she said, oh. And I said, yeah, (laughs) but I'm not the only one. She did extravagant things for me. I'm a Star Wars fan. And so very silent in the room for that (laughs) remark. (laughs) Nerd. Uh, I, I'm a Star Wars fan. And so uh, she actually, she, when we were in college, we're just dating and she throws me a Star Wars themed party. And so she shows up at my door wearing like this uh, white dress. I don't know what it was made of, dress and, and robe and sheet. I don't know. It was, looked like Princess Leia from A New Hope. And so she shows up and her, her hair is all in buns, you know, on the side of her head. And, and she she'd borrowed a video camera because there ain't no phones around at this point in history. <laughs> Nobody's filming at that point. And so she does this video. I think she handed me a camcorder or something and it was the best we could do to get a hologram of Princess Leia, which was her telling me about the birthday mission I was about to go on. And when I was handed that and I saw what she was doing, I said, you're mine. (laughs) And she threw me this party, invited all my friends. We went thrift store shopping, all wore Star Wars clothes, lightsabers abounded. She made me a Darth Vader cake. In college, in a dorm room. I'm just telling you, everybody. We'll talk about this for five more minutes. No, it, it, the, when you're young, that's, you're, you're trying to win this person. You do these extravagant things because love acts, love does something, and that's what Mary's doing. She acted and she did so extravagantly and she just did what she could and she gave him something costly and when she did, she changed the atmosphere of the room. The whole room fills up with the perfume and everybody knows what's going on. Listen, I know that you guys have done this kinds of thing. I know that you've done this for Hemphill Elementary. You gave them a gift last year and it changed the atmosphere of that school. You've definitely changed the atmosphere of Camino Real Elementary with the gifts that you've given and stuff that you've, you've served them with and even the bunch of people who went a couple weeks ago and ran their fall festival and served them. Thank you, by the way, for doing that. It was an incredible event. You have changed the atmosphere by your love for them. And the room changes from Judas' air of bitterness to this air of beauty. But that's not all. What Mary, she did what she could and out of her extravagant giving, we're still talking about her. But first, there is another guy in this story. His name's Judas. And he made some bad choices. In fact, he made some major mistakes. And it's easy for us to judge him, right? Oh, I would never. But I think all too quickly, we do the exact same things that he did. And so I think every time we do some of the things that he did, we actually limit our legacy in what God wants to do. And in fact, in many ways, it just stops our legacy cold. Like we want to control. We kind of want to control everything. I can be sometimes a little bit of a control freak. I try, no giggling. I try not to. Many of you are control freaks as well, but we want to control, and Judas wanted to control what's happening in that room. He's saying, wait a minute, I know where that money should go. Wait a minute, this should not be happening like this. Wait, I've got a better idea. Take the money, give it to the poor. Why are you being so emotional? Stop doing, you shouldn't do that to Jesus. Do it my way. And We do exactly the same kind of thing because we want to control everything. I want to control, my, I want to control my life. I want, I want control of all these things. And the reality is you don't have control. You have a kid, you find out right away, you don't have control. (laughs) We went, one Christmas, we flew out out to see my in-laws in New York. We're on the plane. Ewan's probably, I don't know, a year and a half, two years old. We're flying, he's got a peanut allergy. So we're flying Southwest, and we didn't know it actually at this time. We didn't know he had this peanut allergy. So people are ripping open their peanuts on the plane, you know, and so the dust is in the air. And so Ewan, I'm sitting with him. We were all separated because Southwest, and we I actually like Southwest a lot, but we were, we were, we were, uh, we were separated from the rest of the family, so just me and him, and um, he's sitting in this seat, and he gets sick because of all the peanut dust, and so he just starts throwing up, and throwing up, and throwing up, and he just keeps throwing up, and I'm reaching in, and there's no, there's no airsick bag, And there's nothing and so he's just and and i'm like okay i gotta clean this up i gotta get the napkins i gotta i gotta i gotta uh, hmm." there's nothing i can do and he just keeps going and he fills the entire seat fills it fills the whole seat with stuff and and it's leaking down on past in between the crack of the seat onto the lady's really nice bag underneath the seat nice leather bag, and it's just seeping down. I'm like, ma'am, I'm so sorry. And there was absolutely nothing that I could do to stop it. Kids, tell you quickly, you don't have control. Why do you even try? Unfortunately for Judas, he had this need to control, and it made him miss the Messiah. He missed what Jesus wanted to do in the room. Jesus had things he wanted to do, and Jesus has a story that he wants to write in your life. But when we try to control that story, control that narrative, oftentimes that puts an end to the story. The story can't continue on because we shut it down because I want it to be this way. And he says, well, I had something so much better than you had planned. A controlling spirit doesn't allow the story to go on. Jesus has a story for you, are you letting him? You're letting him write it. I think we're also, we wanna complain a lot. Look at pretty much any social media feed and you will see a hot of complaining everywhere. Judas was a complainer. Verse five. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? That was worth a year's wages. Can you just hear the tone in this question? (laughs) You guys! Why? You can hear it. He's such a crybaby. He's so annoying. Another gospel says that they all started to talk about her. They all started to complain about her. Complainers. The worst. It's estimated that The average person complains 15 to 30 times a day. Research from Stanford University has shown that complaining or being complained to for 30 minutes or more can physically damage your brain. Because complaining has been found to shrink the hippocampus, the area of the brain that's critical to problem solving and intelligent thought by physically peeling away neurons. So are you reading the subtext, everybody? Complaining makes you dumb. And not just that, but your complaining to me can make me dumb. (laughs) Continued complaining also rewires the brain. We've talked about that a lot recently. Rewires the brain, making it much easier to repeat that behavior in the future. So basically, your brain makes sure that complaining will beget more complaining. That's the way complaining works. And here's the big problem with complainers. They believe that their way is the only and right way. They're complaining because it shouldn't be that way. You don't know what you're doing. Let me tell you what to do. They're convinced their ideas are the best. Their way is the best. Any other way just doesn't make sense. The problem is for all of us, you don't know what you don't know. All you have in this life is your limited perspective. I'm just telling you that is not enough. Let's do away with complaining about this life. Let's stop making one another dumb. Thank you so much. We also want to consume, verse six. He didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a consumer. He was a thief. I want it. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. So at first it seems like, oh, Judas, he's being altruistic. This guy, he's, he's wanting to help others, but in reality, he's just fending for himself. He just wants, he's selfish. He wants what he wants, and his selfishness is driving every single decision. He didn't want to give up that money for the good of somebody else. He just wanted to keep it for himself. And he wasn't willing to entrust it into somebody else's hands. How many times are we like that? I need to consume, I need to make sure I can keep a a grasp on all the stuff that I have. And I I don't wanna give it over, I don't wanna entrust it to someone else. I don't know if I can trust Jesus with this stuff. And so because Judas was this way, his story actually ends very tragically. He betrays Jesus, he hangs himself. So you could argue it ends with no legacy. This is the story that we tell of him today. He was controlling, he was complaining, and he was consuming. But wait, because there's somebody else in the story. Mary is in the story. So let's, contra- let's contrast what Judas did with what Mary did. Judas made his decisions, but Mary also made her decisions, and those led to a legacy. Changed the environment of the room, and everybody noticed it. What did Mary do? Well, she just cared deeply. She cared deeply about what was going on in the room. Mary noticed the stuff that nobody else seems to see here. She's leaning into the realities that nobody else is leaning into. She was listening to what Jesus said, that the hour was soon coming for him to give his life. The other guys are too busy. They're self-consumed, worried about themselves, worried about their position at the table, trying to get the best space for themselves, and Mary just cares about Jesus. Mary cares about what Jesus is doing, and it must have been difficult for her to do that that night, don't you think? To go in there and And knowing that they probably, they may not understand what she's doing, knowing that they might even ridicule her, but it didn't matter. She just cared about Jesus, and she just wanted to serve him. And when she served him, she cared deeply. He responded to her. I think that our generosity, the way that we live this way, live in towards Jesus, it can position us to hear the voice of God better. Actually, I think many of you have proven this because last year we gave everybody who wanted to, we handed you $50 cash, do you remember? $50 cash for the $50 challenge and sent you out into the world to do what? To stop and listen for God to speak to you about the person in need that wanted to, that needed you to to bless them in some way financially. And so you walked around the city listening for God and my email inbox is full of stories where God spoke to you and you gave $50 to somebody and it changed the atmosphere of their life. You've already done this. You know that when you open up, when you lean into God's generosity, it can position you to hear him better because it takes you out of your own concerns. It takes you out of your own life, stops you from looking inward and puts you, to see, to put you in a position to see others more clearly and to hear him more clearly. She cared deeply. We need to care deeply. She also contributed greatly. See, what I love about Mary is she didn't just bring Jesus leftovers. She didn't just show up and kind of go, eh. This is what I got after a long day, after a long week of work, after my family needing so much from me. This is what I've got for you on Sunday. Here, Jesus, be glorified. Take it or leave it. It's my best. I apologize for everything that just happened there. (laughs) Mary dug deep. She gave her best. She gave the best thing that she had, and she didn't have a lot. But she had this perfume, this expensive perfume. She brought that to give to Jesus. She didn't cling to it, she didn't hold it, she didn't wanna consume it. She decided, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna contribute it. She let it go with no option of, turning it, of, of, of giving it back. She didn't pour it out and say, hey, I'm, I'm, gonna, just, I'm gonna need this back from you. Just, to, You have about five minutes, but I'm gonna need this back. I'm nervous about my life and my future, and I might need this, so I just need to. How many times do we do that? She had no reserve. she just left it there. So the next 45 seconds or so minute aren't gonna be super comfortable. Buckle up, here we go. How many of us bring our very best to Jesus first? (laughs) I told you it wasn't gonna be very comfortable. (laughs) I was right. (laughs) Somebody listening online was like, oh, got him, I don't know what that was, but... question you have to ask yourself is, does your job get your best? Does your job get the very best of you and your family gets what's left after a long day and Jesus gets the scraps? Does, do your friends, do they get the best out of you? Do you save it for them, save it up for Friday and Saturday and hang out and, and Jesus kind of gets what's left over in the morning when you're tired and I slept too late. And I, does, does your social feed get your best, the very best of your life, curated, and managed and manicured and it's the best I have or or does Jesus, does Jesus get your best in the morning when you wake up? You wake up, do you focus your attention? Do you give him your day? Do you give him your life in service once again? Does he get your best when you come in here on a Sunday to worship him? Or do you just kind of, <sighs> just give him whatever's left over? You know, it's been a hard week. I've been through a lot. I just Are there plenty of reserves left over when you leave a worship service here? Does he get your best when you, you serve somebody and just decide I'm I'm just not gonna be so selfish with my time. I'm gonna jump on team I'm, I'm gonna serve people around, I'm gonna do something. Does he get your best? Look, it's it's not my job to, to point out whether it is or not. I, I just think I'm the pastor, it's my job to help you ask the questions. And I just want you to ask yourself the question. I of course have no condemnation for you. I'm asking myself the same questions. But does he get your best? Told you I wasn't going to be very comfortable. Feature presentation next week. We'll have popcorn and soda. We'll all be happy again. But for today. (laughs) But for today. Is he getting the best of you? I want our church to be like that. To be people that live like Mary. Where we we show up and we contribute. I'm not here to be a consumer of church. All of our consumerism in our culture. It sneaks into church. Do you realize it? it? Sneaks into church. I didn't like that song. Well, I did not like that message. He yelled at me. Just sneaks in to where we're leaving a service and we go write a Google review or a Yelp review about that church service. Gross. You're missing the entire point of the church, which is you. I don't like that church. Well, guess what, homie? You are the church. (laughs) So, so... I just, uh, popcorn next week, popcorn next week. Today, today's a little rough, popcorn next week. I just, I just, I I just want to be like this. I want to live like this. I want to leave a legacy. And I I don't, I I want us to show up here and I want us to contribute. Yes, I am all in with my time. I'm all in with my finances. I'm all in with my life. I want to serve people. I want to love Jesus. I want to show up. I want to worship God because he's so good to me. No reserves, nothing held back because Mary did those things, she created a legacy because here we are talking about her life and trying to be just like her. Now listen to what, what Jesus says, Matthew chapter 10. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, I'll also confess before my father who's in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, well, him I'll also deny before my father who's in heaven. So Mary makes a decision that night to confess Jesus. And what does Jesus do? Well, he stood up for her. He stood up and defended her. Those guys who are saying, Well, why is she doing this? And they're all complaining. What does Jesus do? He stands up and he defends her. Hey, you guys, stop it. Stop saying those things about her. He doesn't just let whatever happens happen. He defends her. He pushes back on them. And I think that's what he does for the people who live like this. He stands up for them. He pushes back for them. You don't buy it? Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring your tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I'm going to stand up for you. So when we decide that we're going to care and we're going to contribute, we're going to care deeply, we're going to contribute greatly, we're going to give the first, first fruits of our time and our attention and our thoughts and yes, our tithes, Jesus, I believe, actually stands up for us and he pours out blessing on us and he rebukes the devourer for our sake. people, This is an amazing opportunity that we all have. But that's not even all. Jesus, he tells Mary that her gift then is going to be rewarded, which we talked about last week. You can hear the podcast. Mark Mark 14, 9, I tell you the truth. Wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. So even today, her story continues. Her legacy lives on and goes on and on and on and on. And who would have thought in that moment, on that night, that this woman and this story would continue to live as an example for all of us to follow? She didn't think it. She's not thinking about that. In the moment, it probably doesn't even feel very significant to her. Do you think for a second she thought that that was what was gonna happen to her? And look at what God does. Do you really think it's gonna be that different for you? Do you really think that if you just do what you can, that God's not gonna respond, that He's not gonna stand up for you. He's telling you in this story, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. So let's do that. You don't know what's gonna happen if you just decide, I'm gonna do what I can. And no, I'm not talking just about the legacy offering. I'm talking about feature presentation, I'm talking about acts of kindness cards, I'm talking about team one, I'm talking about any way that you can find to just jumpstart your life to leave a legacy. Let's do that. I've received the messages from families that you didn't know that that were having a hard time in the holiday season, and and because of your giving, we blessed them and helped them make it through to January. I've received their emails, I've talked to them, I've seen the smiles on their faces. You did that, because you cared, because you contributed. I've talked to those teachers at Camino Real Elementary, I've seen what you've done, and everybody, we're only getting started. Because over the next few months, we've got incredible opportunities to just make a difference. We have acts of kindness cards and you can take one. Hopefully you have. They've been in cup holders. There might be some remnants scattered around, but they are out in the table in the hallway. Just stop by and get one more of those. I went to the mall this week and before I walked out the door, I just, oh, I gotta make sure I have that. So I went and got the acts of kindness card, put it in my pocket so that I could walk through and just look for an opportunity. Pay for somebody's coffee, a little something extra to show you God loves you. Pay for somebody's movie, movie, a little something extra to show you God loves you. Acts of kindness cards. Why did I give them to you? Just so you could jumpstart, you got an opportunity to listen again and make a difference and start your legacy. Feature presentation starts next week, everybody. And it's gonna be so much fun. We're gonna have a great time. I can't wait. We're gonna watch Up next week and it's gonna be amazing. But here's what will make it less amazing if you just show up by yourself. Because remember, Pastor Ross told us, this series is not for us. It's for everybody else out there. Every other series as we go through the year, it's for you and you can come and you can enjoy it. You can receive it and you can write notes and you can, you can talk about it. you and all those things. But this one, this series for four weeks, it's about your legacy. It's an opportunity for you to have somebody far from God come and sit there beside you. And so what you should do is, there's, a, there's some invitations in your cards and in inner cup holders right there. Just take it out, pray over it, Take it and invite somebody. Invite a neighbor. Invite a coworker. Have them sitting right next to you next week and be so freaked out about the entire experience. Or go and pick them up on the way. That's even better. And then take them out to lunch afterwards. Just take that invite card. Here, I've got one here. Looks just like this. Just say, hey, we're doing this thing at my church. We're going to watch Up next week. What? You're going to watch Up? Yeah, it's a whole thing. You should come. It's going to be really fun. Come and check it out and then have dinner. Have have lunch with me afterwards. And watch what the conversations happen after that. Because you know what's happening? Eternity is hanging in the balance. Eternity is hanging in the balance. And think about it. That person says yes to Jesus. And it may not happen that day, but it may happen in, in weeks subsequent. So they say yes to Jesus and their life is transformed, which means their family's life is transformed, which means their kids have kids and their lives are transformed. And look at what happened because you said, would you come to up with me at One Chapel Kyle? This is the potential that everybody in this room has. And then finally, of course, the legacy offering on this Sunday, December 8th. Telling you early so you can just pray about it, think about it, ask God what he wants you to give. Just pray. But here's what we need to do together. We're gonna give away the top 10% of that. We're gonna do some cool things, but then we need to target a down payment for some land. You wanna put some roots down? I do. So we gotta have a down payment for that. If you were here last week, I showed you some of the, the possible land we're looking at. Here we are at Evo. Hi, Evo. And then up around this corner, which they've been working on for a long time, we're right around here, there's the Halifax right up there, 3601 Kyle Crossing. Here it is a little more closely, roundabout, that's about the area that we're looking at. Thinking about purchasing that and putting One Chapel Kyle on that land. Imagine what would happen. Imagine driving around that curve and seeing a big sign out there that says, future home of One Chapel Kyle. Imagine when the weather's nice enough, which is pretty much right now, that we put a tent up out there on some Sundays, not every Sunday, we'll be meeting here, but some Sundays while we're getting ready to build and, and we have a we have picnic out there and we just have one big service, everybody just partying on the land, having a great time. This could happen. But I mean, here's the thing. It's not gonna happen without you. It just won't. We have to decide as a family, this is where we're going. We gotta pray. We gotta make sure this is God's right plan for us. All those things gotta happen. But just imagine that day. But it's gonna take your time. It's gonna take your attention. It's gonna take your thoughts. It's gonna take your talents. It's gonna take your giving if we're gonna be able to do that. We gotta target a down payment and then we gotta target uh, a build. We gotta start building. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta lead on a, a cool middle building that might get us there faster and be a cheap option and really could be a miraculous thing that we're praying about. Pray with us. I'm trying to figure out what the next steps are. But it's gonna take all of us if we're gonna make that happen. Is it the right thing? I don't know. That's why I need your prayers. That's why I need you to be a part of this. And we have to decide together because it can't be me. We gotta decide this together and we gotta go together because it will take all of us. Pray with us about that. So you got three opportunities, acts of kindness cards, feature presentation, the legacy offering coming up, ways that you can make a difference. God willing, we can do this thing. Legacy is all about making a difference together, everybody. And when we do, I believe Jesus stands up. He stands up for us. He pushes back for us. He rebukes the devourer for us. And your story lives on and on and on because, well, Jesus. Now here's the thing. In Isaiah chapter 58, as we close, you guys come on up. In Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6, it's pretty an amazing account where God talks about this kind of life. He kind of describes to the prophet what kind of life he's looking for, and he says, is not this the kind of fast I have chosen? I want you to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke. This is legacy stuff. I want you to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry, provide the poor wanderer with shelter, when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? So when we live this way that he's describing here, is the only place i found in the scripture, and maybe you found some other places in your study, but, but so far, it's the only place I've found where God gives 12 promises to us in return. In other words, God says, if you'll do this, then I'm gonna do these things. 12 things, and I've numbered them for you so that you can see it. Isaiah 58, verse eight says, then your light will break forth like the dawn, one, and your healing will quickly appear, two, then your righteousness will go before you, three. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard, four. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I, five. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with a pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, Then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. Six, the Lord will guide you always. Seven, he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. Eight, and will strengthen your frame. Nine, you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. 10, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. 11, you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. And that's number 12, everybody. This is what God has planned for you. All we gotta do is say, yes, I'm not gonna control it. I'm not gonna try to keep it all to myself. I'm not gonna consume it. And I sure as heck ain't gonna complain about it. I'm gonna care deeply about what you're doing and the people that you care about. And I'm gonna contribute greatly. Whatever I got, I'm just gonna do what I can. I'm going to watch you stand up, move in my life, and you create a legacy. Thanks for joining us today. If God is doing something in your life or you're looking for ways to get connected, you can learn about groups, teams, and more at onechapel.com welcome. You can subscribe to future messages from One Chapel on your favorite podcast player. And of course, you're always invited to services every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11.30. See you next time.